14 quarters ago. That's how we count time as stock market investors, right? Quarters. 14 quarters ago, which for non-fools is translated as three and a half years, we started a game show. I like to play games. I think you know that. I like to invent games too, whether it's Investor Island on the App Store with my talented team here, which by the way, you should absolutely download and play. The new season, which adds some new stocks and new features is coming out in a few weeks. Free download on the App Store, 4.7 star reviews. Hundreds and hundreds of people can't be wrong, but other games too, a different type of game. And in this case, yes, We've invented a game show around market caps, of all things, and it's designed so that you are playing along. Yes, I always have talented guest stars, Motley Fool analysts all, who come and compete against each other, but there are more than 100,000 of you who are listening along as well, and so there are a lot of players of the market cap game show. Well, it is that time of the year again, one of my favorite times, the end, near end of another quarter, in this case, the end of a year a lot of people are hoping will end real soon, 2020. But before it ends, we got to play the Market Gap Game Show, only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. A delight to have you with me. And I want to mention just up top, that as we play the Market Cap game show along with you this week, you should know that we actually recorded this last week. So some of the prices that the stocks we'll talk about could have changed. The market is volatile, especially some of our rule breaker stocks can bounce around a lot. But you should know that in accordance with, well, what Rick Engdahl, my producer, and I have done every year now, this is the sixth year of doing that, we like to tape a couple ahead so we can enjoy the holidays. And I sure hope you're enjoying the holidays. In a lot of ways, people say things like, yeah, Saturday's no different from Tuesday. Well, I sure hope if you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the list goes on, Diwali, I hope that you are making sure those feel like their own celebrations and that you are taking the time necessary to celebrate and to reflect, as a lot of us like to do at the end of every year, especially this year. So the market cap game show prices may change a little bit. We did officially record this podcast on December 16th. That would be Wednesday afternoon near market close. Those are the prices that we are using. Now, I keep saying we. You might be wondering, who are my guest stars? Who are your competitors this quarter for the market cap game show? Well, I'm delighted to welcome back returning champion Maria Gallagher and past champion Emily Flippin. And without further ado, Maria, Emily, welcome. Hi, David. Thanks for having us. Hey, good to be here. You bet. This is going to be a lot of fun. I have my 10 stocks that neither of you knows. It's always in a sealed chamber. Uh, you can imagine me just sort of fooling a bubble somewhere with dreaming up what 10 stocks we'll talk about. And uh, as you both know, I never give those out ahead of time. And all of our players at home, you don't know what's coming either. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about the 10 companies we'll be playing the game with uh, this week. Let me start, though, by asking, Maria, if you would so kindly, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Maria Gallagher. I've been at The Fool for like two and a half years at this point. Um, I played against Tim Byers last quarter, and I am very nervous. I love game shows. I get really competitive. I love trivia. Um, so I'm hoping I can win again, but I think Emily's a really worthy competitor. She sure is. But uh, Maria, you did great, and I was delighted 
uh, to think that I could have you back. Uh, I guess I would have had to have Tim back if he'd won, I guess. Uh, I see so much of Tim, though. He's, I've worked with him for so long. It's great to have fresh voices. Of course, I do look forward to having Tim back at some point. Maria, it's been great to have you the full two and a half years. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Would you say, again, no pressure from the co-founder of the company, were these two and a half of the best years of your life? <laughs> they were very good. <laughs> they ranked up there. Excellent. They ranked up there for sure. That's really all I can ask for. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> Emily Flippin, introduce yourself, please. Hi, everyone. My name's Emily Flippin. I'm a senior analyst here at The Fool. Uh, do a lot of stock research. And amongst that stock research, there's a trend in really good companies. You may notice management sandbags expectations. And what we just listened to Maria, <laughs> when she <laughs> talked about her past performance... <laughs> She was sandbagging. I want that to be known right now. Maria has an amazing track record. I, on the other hand, David very kindly referred to me as a winner. Um, I think I had one strong performance on the Market Cap Game Show with a subsequent humiliating loss to Aaron Bush in this same format. Um, so I'm hopeful that we won't repeat history today. But I'm also going to try to sandbag everybody here myself and, and remind them expectations should be low. <laughs> Outstanding. Emily, let me stick with you a sec. This is the Market Cap Game Show. Now we have a lot of new listeners in 2020, a lot of new listeners probably just in the last couple of months. Would you just briefly explain what the market cap of a company is? Yes, it's a good question. The market cap of a company is simply the number of shares the company owns or has issued times the share price. And that gives you a sense of the value of the equity of a company. Um, so taking out all the other components of a company's capital structure, right? Not thinking about their debt, not thinking about their preferred share. If you were to go out and buy a single share or number of shares of a company today. What is the perceived value of all of those shares combined together? That's right. And we've made a, a game show of this because in my experience, especially for a lot of new investors, people who have never bought a stock before, they're focused, I think, Maria, on the wrong number. They're looking at the price per share of the stock. And there's this affinity, in my experience, maybe yours too, for low price shares. People think, oh, that stock's at $3.29. Well, that would be the one I should buy, right? Not the one at $32.90 or, heaven forbid, $329 a share. Maria, why do you think people think that way? I think a lot of people assume if they have $100, the more shares they can get with that $100. That means the more value it has or the more part of the company they have. But if you look at the amount of shares outstanding and if you look at the market cap, you can see it's not necessarily the number of slices of the pie if it's still the same amount of pie. You want to understand one share is worth how much in the total grand scheme of that company. That's exactly right. So we're using mathematics here. Yeah, we're, In this case, we're using multiplication. We're taking that price per share that people tend to focus too much on, and we're reminding them to multiply it by all of the shares out there in order to get kind of a price tag for the company. And that's the real number that I think is worth learning. In some cases, Emily and Maria, memorizing, which has occasionally happened in the past on the Market Cap Game Show. I won't say that either of you indulged in memorization of any of the ticker symbols I might be throwing at you in the companies and their market caps behind them. So yeah, we made a game show of it because in my experience, one of the best things you can learn is the market cap of your company to know roughly how large is it. Is it a $2 billion market cap, which would be a small company these days? 
or a $200 billion market cap. And part of my thinking here, and then let's actually play the game, is that in general, tie goes to the lower market caps. In other words, if you're trying to make 10 or 20 times your money on a stock over a good five to 10 year period, which would be an outstanding investment that I would I would love to take that every time if I could. Uh, if you're trying to make 10 or 20 times your money, it's probably going to be easier if the company's starting at, let's say, five to $10 billion multiplied by 20, than if it starts at $1 trillion, like some of the companies these days that have been stellar performers for us, companies like Apple that will not be on the market cap game show today, which is over $2 trillion. The chances of Apple going up 20 times from here in the next 10 years are zero, in my opinion. But a lot of people who don't know market caps wouldn't understand that. We still love Apple. It's an active recommendation. But let's understand market caps so we can picture how much a stock could legitimately multiply. All right. Now, before I get started, I, there might be a quick anecdote that one of you could share, because in my experience, there's a little bit of a metagame that I'm not aware of that our analysts play with each other to try to help one another figure out what Dave might ask about, which 10 stocks might I bring. Did one of you reach out to the other recently? I did. Um, Emily, last time, I was very nervous before my first market cap game show, and I said, I don't know what he's going to ask. I'm very confused. And so Emily said, well, sometimes I like to monitor things that he has talked about recently on podcasts or talked about on Twitter or talked about in articles, whatever it might be. So she gave me some ideas last time, and it was so helpful that before she knew she was versing me, this time I asked her again and said, I'm, I'm nervous again. I'm always nervous going into something like this. If you had any guesses, what would you think? <laughs> so if I win today, it's a testament to Emily's guessing. And if it, Emily wins, it's also a testament to her guessing. So either way, this Market Cap Game Show shows that Emily is very good at knowing David's brain. Wow. And very, and very bad at remembering things <laughs> that she had offered to join in on, uh, because I really should have known before letting you know my speculations. Mm -hmm. But David, I like to call it, you know, crawling inside your brain a little bit. <laughs> if I was David, right, where would my mind go? So that, that involves looking at companies that have had topical news recently, maybe companies you're excited about. Um, if you retweet somebody's tweet, who's the CEO of a company, mm, David's thinking about that company. It's a, it's true really an art form. And, and Maria is underselling her ability to predict as well. Well, that is really helpful for me to hear. And you know, I like to think that I'm unpredictable, uh, that I'm cagey, that I'm, I would be hard to track or read. And now I find out it's just not the case. And you know, I, anytime you ask people if they're a better than average driver, they typically say yes, which has 80% of us thinking that we're better than average <laughs> as drivers. And so I would have said I was better than average and cagey at hiding my tickers, but I'm not sure I'm that good at it. Well, we'll see. So how does the game work? In 30 seconds or less, I will ask either Emily or Maria about a company. We'll talk briefly about that company, and then I will ask the key question that makes it into a game show. Emily or Maria, what is this company's market cap? That contestant will then make her best guess as to what the actual market capitalization of that stock is as we're speaking. And then I will turn to the other contestant, the competitor, and say, Maria or Emily, higher or lower. And that's where you come in, dear listener, because you're playing that game as well. You're just simply going to say higher or lower than the guess each time. We play 10 stocks. So a perfect score would be 10 out of 10. Good luck. Because we've got 10 companies lined up. And I say without further ado, Rick Engdahl starts the Market Cap Game Show theme song. 
All right, company number one. Maria, turning to you first for this one, could you just briefly describe the slices on your personal pie chart of social media use? Maria Gallagher in social media, how large, how many slices? Share. Okay, I would say 70% of my time is Instagram. Um, 5% of my time is Twitter. And then 25% of my time is like TikToks that my friends have sent me. I don't have a TikTok, but TikTok someone sends me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Maria. And I guess I should share mine back. Mine would be something like 95% Twitter and 5% anything that somebody sends me a link to that I wandered into by mistake. So even though companies like Facebook have been great stocks for us and rule breakers, I've never been on Facebook, et cetera. Now, before Emily guesses higher or lower, which will be in a minute, she should tell us hers as well because we're all sharing. But let's get now more to the point. Maria, you have brought Pinterest to Motley Fool Rule Breakers. It's been an outstanding performer. Pinterest, we picked on January 23rd of this year, not, not last year or five years ago, of this year at $22.61, recently just short of 70 The stock has more than tripled in just 11 months. So, A, Maria, thank you. Awesome call. Thank you. You're welcome. But wait, I thought I was trying to thank you. <laughs> All right. But more to the point, Pinterest wasn't on your list. I, I was expecting to see it a little tiny slice of the pie. No? I actually find Pinterest kind of overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it as a stock. And I know a lot of people who are obsessed with it. I just think sometimes I get slightly overwhelmed by all of the options given to me. I understand. You know, it's interesting because um, social media has taken quite a hit. You have The Social Dilemma, which I've not yet seen. I think I will at some point. A Netflix uh, documentary talking about how social media really can damage us psychologically. It may not be the best thing for society. Certainly fake news, other things. Facebook is fighting for its reputation at different points. Seems like Pinterest has managed largely to avoid this. Is this your impression as well, Maria? People just seem to love their Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest is this really interesting company where the philosophy is you go to get inspired. And so a lot of times when you look at the other social medias, a lot of it is, you know, comparing yourself to others, whereas Pinterest is selectively social. So it's curated for yourself and then you can share it with people you're close to. And it's much less, I'm going to be, it's much less aspirational, more or less, more so inspirational. Very well put. And it sure has inspired a lot of fools because not only did Maria bring this to Rule Breakers in January, but we then re-recommended it recently again in Rule Breakers, and a number of other Motley Fool services have picked up and recommended Pinterest as well. So a lot of our listeners, I think, at the same time they're about to guess higher or lower, also are loving this stock. I sure am. So thank you, Maria. Maria Gallagher, your best guess at the market cap of Pinterest, ticker symbol P-I-N-S. $43.6 billion. That is an awfully good guess. And it's almost like you were expecting that one coming in. I won't say, though, and in the end, it simply comes down to whether Emily Flippin and all of our players at home think it's higher or lower as of my recording of this market cap just a few hours ago. Emily, 43.6, I heard from Rhea, higher or lower? 
let's draw out the suspense a little bit. Let me talk about my social media usage (laughs) because I am also alongside Maria. I don't use Pinterest. I don't use Instagram. I would, I use Facebook only to post photos so my mom and my grandma can see it. Uh, And I tweet only when I am tweeted at because people get upset at me for not tweeting more. Um, So I am possibly in the worst position to answer this question, uh, but I know Maria is virtually right on the money because this was on the list of companies that kinda I might have handed be. over to kinda her had to at be. the end of the, the beginning of the week. So having to make a decision higher or lower on a market cap that I think is incredibly close not knowing how Pinterest stock has moved today, the 16th, I'm going to guess uh, 50-50, it's nominally lower. And score one for Maria. And oh. you at home, if you said higher, just by a smidgen though, 44.02 billion as I took that number down here again on Wednesday, December 16th afternoon. Fans of the game at home may remember Pinterest appeared last quarter as well. When Maria guessed $22.14 billion, history will show, that day it was at $21.97 She has a habit of being incredibly close on this one, but then again, she brought it to Rule Breakers. By the way, Tim guessed that it was higher, and Maria won that one too. So Maria, you are unimpeachable on Pinterest and its market cap. And again, thank you for a great stock pick. Anytime. All right. Well, next I turn with stock number two to Emily. And Emily, my question to kick this one off is, what is a a non-obvious e-commerce site that earns your holiday shopping click? Now, a non-obvious would be, for example, not Amazon, because I think a lot of us are using, I sure am, Amazon once again. Uh, for me, 20 years and running, uh, loving Amazon for, for Christmas. But Emily, what's a, what's a non-obvious e-commerce site that, that earns your holiday shopping click? You didn't know this, but it's actually really topical. Uh, so my boyfriend for this holiday season asked for one thing for Christmas. He wanted licorice. Um, and me not having any clue where to find licorice, um, having no affinity for licorice, immediately Google searched, where do I buy licorice? And I found licorice.com. I have ordered a sizable amount of licorice from licorice.com. I just got the notification on my phone before we started taping that my order has shipped. We'll be here in two days. So um, not having tried the product, not having received my order yet, I I recommend it. It's been a good experience so far. Licorice.com gets the random plug on Rule Breaker Investing. Yes, we are a major influencer podcast. So that is... (laughs) That's worth its weight in, I don't know, licorice. All right. So, Emily, I have to ask you, Emily, did you just go straight up black licorice, the traditional version, or did you start rocking the Twizzler Red? Or What did you do? How much licorice did you order? It's around six pounds of uh, black licorice. <laughs> He's a bit of a licorice purist. Um, what I will say is, is that after ordering this, I, I did learn that there's health effects. I got a warning um, in my purchase that you should not consume a large amount of black licorice because it can and it will kill you. So he's going to have to ration. Oh my golly. And nibs, sticks, uh, animal shapes. Did you mix it up with the look? I wish I could tell you. He is actually sitting on the couch behind me right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going to leave the type of licorice a mystery. Understood. Well, that is a unexpected and outstanding answer. A much more interesting answer than the stock I'm about to ask you about, because of the companies that I've brought back to the market cap game show time and time again over the years, 
Some people might be expecting Etsy because Etsy, sure enough, has been that kind of a stock and a remarkable story for Motley Fool members who own the stock and may have been inspired to buy it from the Market Cap Game Show because we kept rocking it early on with Matt Argusinger, for those who remember that. But nope, not Etsy. I'm thinking about eBay because to me, eBay is a non-obvious e-commerce site that earns people's holiday shopping clicks or might. So, Emily, I see you. By the way, we do video with each other. So even though this podcast comes out, of course, in audio form, I'm seeing Emily and Maria laugh at each other because probably they were already talking about maybe me asking eBay, which I am once again. But I always find this company, which was the raging winner early on in the 90s, Meg Whitman, the CEO, it was on top of the world. And I feel as if in a lot of ways it's been forgotten. And yet it remains a very substantial company and a market beater in recent years. So I like to remind people about eBay. And part of the way I do that is through the market cap game show. Emily Flippin, your best guess at the market cap for eBay, ticker symbol E-B-A-Y. This is especially vicious because I knew the market cap of Etsy to the nearest dollar, probably. Um, and I haven't the first clue, David, about the market cap of eBay. I, I'm so I would- glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> this is Maria's to lose now. Um, I would guess that it is smaller than PayPal, but not too small. <laughs> not knowing what too small is, I'm going to guess a market cap of $36 billion. Maria Gallagher and all of my players at home, higher or lower? I remember somebody talking about the market cap of eBay recently and them saying a number and me thinking, oh, that was higher than I would think. So I'm going to say higher, hoping that that happens again. And boy, this is this is where the game's a little unfair. And But I'm not going to redesign this game again. I love it how it is because that was such a good guess, Emily. Feels like you weren't it prepared was? for that. And the market cap for eBay is $36.24 billion. <laughs> You were less than a quarter of a billion away. And yet Maria scores point <laughs> number two. <laughs> I would like to point I'm out. I'm that as a win regardless. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I am also shocked. So players at home, if you said higher, give yourself a point along with Maria. It is worth mentioning, I first brought this stock to Stock Advisor as PayPal in May of 2002. Then eBay fully ate it up and then later spun it back out. And so if you've been on that long journey as a stock advisor, remember you had PayPal, then you had eBay, now you have some PayPal and eBay. PayPal's ended up being much, much larger than eBay, which is really interesting when you consider it was a small spinoff initially. Uh, I would like to just mention, we first picked the stock at $14.30. It's around 229 today. So that's a 16-bagger, pretty sweet for recognizing PayPal way back in the day, 2002. But how could you not notice it if you were using eBay? Emily, have you used eBay? I haven't, actually. Um, nothing against the eBay platform. To be honest, it's just not front of my mind to go shopping like licorice.com is. Yeah, and yet, did you check eBay for licorice? I did not check eBay for licorice. And oh. I'm not sure if I trust licorice on eBay, if I'm completely <laughs> honest with you. The warning labels on, on the licorice I did buy scared me off of it. All right. Fair enough. And uh, and thank you for sharing. That was awfully fun. Two nothing, Maria. Doesn't seem fair. Both of you made just great guesses, but that's what I expect from my ace analyst. That's why we employ you. For Maria, two and a half of among the best years of your life. <laughs> All right. Stock number three. Now, this is the first of two stocks, this game show, that is not 
an active recommendation of mine through Stock Advisor or Rule Breakers. This is a company that, in fact, I have never recommended. And in some ways, I'm quite glad that I never have. It did have its moments. Maria, personal question for you once again, because that's what we're doing this Market Cap Game Show. We're asking how you're spending time on social media and what you're buying your boyfriend for Christmas and the list goes on. So Maria, how do you deal with disappointments? And in this case, I'll just say small ones. Small disappointments? Um, Chocolate, usually. (laughs) Excellent. Ice cream, sometimes. Usually eating. (laughs) makes a lot of sense. Well, this company, uh, to my knowledge, may not sell anything that you would be able to salve your disappointment away with, but this company itself has been a huge disappointment in recent years. I would say uh, even the last uh, 20 years or so. We'll narrow in a little bit. I don't think this is guessable, but if you were to go to its website, which not many people probably visit right now, even though it's a large, well-known American company name. If you were to go to GE.com, you would see this as the big phrase, building momentum, how efficiency powers business. That's like the big tagline as I tapped into GE.com. But GE, ever since Jack Welch stepped down as CEO a couple decades ago, uh, that command and control approach to business hasn't really rolled that well with the new millennium. And the company, which was once famous for being number one or number two in every market and so many different markets, has had some poor underperforming management and really a tough road to hoe in a lot of ways as a heavy industrial player. So these days, General Electric feels like a pale shadow of itself, but one might be surprised by its market cap. Maria, what's the market cap of General Electric, ticker symbol GE? I, wow. I have, n- I am very much about to guess. And I think, I mean, it's unfair because Emily used to work for GE. So she probably knows it better than I do. <laughs> but you said I might be surprised. So maybe you it's higher than I would think. So I'm going to say uh, 112.4 is my guess. 112.4 billion, the market cap. For GE, guest by Maria Gallagher, stock number three, this edition of the Market Cap Game Show. Players at home, Emily Flippin, 112.4, higher or lower? Like a Maria throwing me under the bus like that. (laughs) Emily Flippin is a former GE employee. I should. I literally, I had forgotten that, Emily, but now I remember, right? Oh, I'm happy that you didn't think you were giving me a softball then. I really, it It did not even occur to me. I remember you came to us as a summer intern in 2016, right? I did. I did. And when I graduated college, um, while The Motley Fool was not hiring for analysts, I went to go work at GE. And while I was there, I I really enjoyed my time. But an opening happened to come up at The Motley Fool. I had such a great time interning. I knew I wanted to come back. Uh, But while I was at GE, I also at no point felt very compelled to buy shares, um, which gives me the impression um, that maybe this company has shrunken uh, significantly. I know they've sold off a fair number of assets. So I'm going to take the under on Maria's guess and say it is lower than 112. 0.4. And you're right. The score is two to one. Maria two, Emily one. It is correct. Players at home, I hope you said lower as well. The market cap for GE, pretty good guess by Maria. I would have been all over the map. I think I would have gone too low on this one because in my my impression, GE has done so poorly that it would be down below $50 billion at this point. But no, not even close. $98.72 billion as we look at the stock market 
trading today. And so good call, Emily. Emily, what did you do at GE? Yeah, I was actually on their energy financial services team um, doing project finance. So there is a division of GE Capital. They hadn't completely sold off all of GE Capital uh, that was helping finance energy deals. So a lot of renewable energy. It was it was really enjoyable. Uh, I learned a lot, uh, but wasn't quite my passion the way stock picking was. And that was an amazing guess, Maria, for somebody who claims to have had no no idea across the board. I'm impressed. I'm honestly also impressed with myself at how close I was. I really, I think I initially was going to go, I was like, maybe like 50 to 60. But then I thought, I think that's me just thinking it's a failed company. So I said a little over 100 was what I was going to guess. That was my thought process. You, you all are making it really hard on all of our players at home, but in the best way. Great guesses so far. Let's move to stock number four. Now, I mentioned there are two stocks outside of the universe of recommendations of mine that we're doing this game show. And here's the other one. And I told this to my contestants, but I'll mention this all to you at home in case you're interested. I totally randomized the order of these 10 stocks. So I didn't know what was going to come next myself. I also randomized whether Emily or Maria would be guessing the number each time. So here we are. But I think you already know this about me. I love randomizing. All right. So here it comes. The other stock that is not an active recommendation of mine. Let me turn to Emily next. Emily, on a scale of 0 to 10, where of course 0 is absolutely not and 10 is yesterday. How avid and willing are you personally to seek the vaccine jab for COVID-19? Zero to 10. Um, I would give myself a solid nine with the reason why I'm not a full 10, recognizing that I'm probably the last person in line to get the vaccine. Everybody should go in front of me. Uh, but I am I am ready and willing, mostly because I am tired of my tiny one-bedroom apartment. I'm ready to get out. <laughs> Understood. And as long as we're talking about this, Maria, what's your number? I would say same as Emily. Um, I think other people should get it before me. But when I am allowed to get it, I'm all in. That's awesome. I think I'd probably say I'm like a seven myself. I, I definitely think I should do it. Uh, I've been enjoying my lockdown and I've, knock on wood, have been safe all throughout, as have all of my family and few friends in our lockdown bubble. So I don't feel like I have to run out and get it. I never really like to be stuck with a needle that much, but I'm open to that. So I'm definitely a seven. I don't think I'm on the front line to get it anytime soon either. But company number four is right in there, but it's not Pfizer. I'm thinking about Moderna Therapeutics, ticker symbol MRNA. I see, because I can see the visuals on Zoom as we do this, that it may be that my contestants were expecting this one might show up. I do have some regret I didn't pick this stock because it really is a rule breaker. It re represents a lot of what we're looking for at Motley Fool Rule Breakers. And by the way, it doesn't mean we can't still buy it. Often, the winners keep on winning. So maybe one day it will show up in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. It hasn't yet. Moderna came public two years ago at $20 a share. It was pretty much the end of 2018. So here we are exactly two years later. It's gone from 20 to about 136 as we talk. Now, I don't think anybody knows the shares outstanding. So you can't do the math knowing the price that I just gave you, can you? So Emily, back to you again then. What is the market cap of Moderna? Maria deserves the win here. Uh, approximately 20 minutes, 30 minutes ago, I had absolutely no idea. While waiting for you to come on, Maria so kindly quizzed me on some of the companies that she had written down on her flashcards in preparation, Moderna being one of them. I promptly responded, I have no clue what Moderna's market cap is. I Googled it and I, I'm kicking myself because I can't quite remember, but I remember it's in the 50s. 
So I'm going to go with $54.5 billion. $54.5 billion. By the way, I said Moderna Therapeutics. I just checked the official company name is simply Moderna Inc. So it's just Moderna. The ticker symbol, by the way, M-R-N-A. But even my players at home, you're not allowed to plug that into your browser and check and notice say higher or lower, just like Emily and Maria can't either. So we're all playing a fair game here. I heard something like 54. You put a point on it. What was it again, the official call, Emily? 54.5 billion. Maria, players at home, higher or lower? I'm going to say higher. I think it's (laughs) 58.2. I want to remind all of my listeners that neither of these contestants has any idea what I'm going to ask. Now, they're smart, so they're thinking about it, but to be this exacting uh, is so impressive to me. The correct answer is it is higher. And so congratulations, Maria. $57.80 billion, the market cap for Moderna, Inc. I also know the one for Pfizer, because I thought you (laughs) might ask either. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Great point. And I do think it's worth knowing that. And that reminds me of why we actually do the market cap game show, which is that learning this information is just inherently valuable. I might even say pleasurable on its own. So if I've inspired Maria and Emily to start memorizing market caps and you at home, darn it, I think that's a better world. That's the world I want to live in. So thank you for sharing that and congratulations. You know, it's remarkable. Thinking back to last week's podcast when Jeremy Brown joined us for a cameo guest star appearance and he was, we were just thinking together about how unprecedented it is to identify a global pandemic and have a vaccine inside of one year. Boy, if that doesn't give you some hope for humanity, what will? I think that's a remarkable achievement. And to think that mRNA, off of its platform, this company has a platform using messenger RNA uh, to potentially solve lots of different diseases. It just happens to be COVID is one of them. To get that 94.5% or whatever it was, percentage of success with the vaccine, truly remarkable. So pinch yourself, Emily, pinch yourself, Maria, and you're going to get pinched at some point in the next six months, probably. And you, you already said you're a nine out of 10 to do so. So sounds good to me. All right. Well, we're nearing halftime. This is stock number five. Turning to Maria. Maria, do you recycle? I do. And do you recycle with joy? Are you exhaustive about it? Do you feel bad if you throw something that could have been recycled by mistake into your garbage can? Does that bother you? Um, it does not to be a big bummer, but I've watched a lot of documentaries about recycling and how ineffective it is. So sometimes I'm like, well, (laughs) we should just use less plastic because reduce, reuse, recycle are in order of importance. So I try really hard to reduce before I try to recycle, but I am a big recycler. Okay. Well said. And Maria, this is a totally different question, but have you ever watched a Miami Dolphins football game? No. But I like that mascot. I I agree. How about a Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins baseball team? Have you ever watched them? Um, If they were playing the Yankees, yes. So you probably have. How about the Florida Panthers of the National Hockey League? Um, Maybe. You're much younger than I am. Do you remember Blockbuster Video? I do. I did go to Blockbuster. Have you ever been to AutoNation? There's so many questions. No, I don't have a I don't have a driver's license, so I don't Maria know what Gallagher, automation is. This is your life. No, not really. No, I, the reason I'm I'm spamming these questions at you, rapid fire, is because all of these come from Wayne Heisenga, who was a remarkable businessman and entrepreneur. He founded AutoNation and the company I'm about to ask you about. He also owned or co-owned Blockbuster Video at one time. 
He also owned the Miami Dolphins football team and the Florida Panthers hockey and Florida Marlins baseball teams. Wayne Huizenga, who left this earth a couple of years ago, was a very successful man, and he founded Waste Management. Ticker symbol is WM, one of the largest players in America uh, with a lot of trucks. In fact, they have one of the largest truck fleets in America helping us clean up our neighborhoods, cities, etc., across many dynamics, but one of them would, of course, be recycling. Well, enough of a wind-up, and sorry for asking you really too many questions too quickly, but you were very able, as you always are, Maria. Maria, what is the market cap of waste management, ticker symbol WM? Ooh, um, that is a great question, and I don't know, but that's not an option, so I'm going to say... um, 148. $148 billion. Emily Flippin, players at home, higher or lower? I could be making a fool of myself here with a little F, but I'm pretty confident that it's lower. And we were all cheering you on a little bit, Emily, because I think you're down three to one, but you no longer are down three to one. And players at home, if you said lower, you're right. Now, Maria really did miss this one. I think I made... <laughs> I think I may have overloaded it. I may have overhyped the, the high standard thing and the largeness of it all. But this is still a very substantial company at forty nine point one billion. That wasn't but even close. You did tack on an extra hundred bill, which you know ain't too shabby. But as we've often said in the past on this show, if you thought the market cap was that big and it's actually only where it is today, maybe that's one for your watch list because that has helped lead us to companies like Etsy. And another one that we might talk about a little bit later this show, where people consistently underestimate it. And then I say, well, you should buy the stock because if you thought it was worth that and it's only worth a third of that, that's at least one for your watch list. So anyway, brave. It's you know, it's courageous to play this game. And we're, we're all going to make big mistakes. And that's part of the fun of, of the Market Cap Game Show. Frankly, it's not that great a game if every single time you're within dot one five of it either way. So thank you, Maria, for uh, what we'll call a big miss on that one, but still for a pretty big company of uh, $49.15 billion. I think it was because you said largest, and I feel like everywhere I go, I see waste management garbage trucks. So I initially was like, well, how big could a garbage truck company be? And then I thought, probably bigger than you'd think, but I was wrong. <laughs> I, it was smaller than I thought. Yeah, and it's not the world's best-known brand, but I think a lot of us can picture that yellow and green, W and M, or green and yellow. I can't tell you which letter's which, but it's right there on the website, but I'm not Googling it because we're all in a soundproof and visual-proof and internet-proof chamber. But yeah, waste management. So, hey, get to know it, Americans. All right, well, we've had a lot of fun. That's the first five down, five to go. But as we've sometimes done in the past, I mean, we saved up. Americans saved a lot of money this year. Uh obviously pandemic-driven and a lot of fear there. And quite seriously, the American savings rate, which has never been a very impressive number, was in the double digits for much of the year. And that was also true of us at The Motley Fool. And so part of what we saved up for was a halftime Follies celebration. And while we can't show you all of it, Rick, you can favor us with a brief snatch of the halftime Follies audio that we saved up this year to provide to our listeners. Happier and richer. Smarter, smarter, happier, happier and richer. Wow, this is unbelievable. Wow, money 
Well spent. All right, let's move on to stock number six. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. I was just mentioning how certain companies get misguessed on the Market Cap Game Show. Often people think they're worth more than they actually are. That was true of Etsy back in the day. That was true of this company a couple of times in the last year or so. So let's see where our contestants and you at home do with this one once again. Turning to Emily now. Kind of an offbeat question, Emily. Of America's founding fathers, which one is not your spirit animal, but your spirit father? I have to be completely honest with you as the the daughter of an American uh, history professor. Only one founding father comes to mind right now. And that's George Washington. Wonderful. So I, I have to say George Washington. I think he's my favorite too. And you know, Fool HQ, which is in Alexandria, Virginia, is not that much more than several stones throw to Mount Vernon, which was, of course, his domicile, his abode. And it was a large farm back then. And an interesting historical development, it kind of was left to rot. It was lay, it lay fallow for, for decades. And it wasn't until... I think it's the Ladies of Mount Vernon, which was a private group of women purchased Mount Vernon to restore it. And this is this is decades ago. But there was a period of time where people didn't even think that it was special, that George Washington's house would be appeal to tourists and some very visionary women uh, invested. And today it is a wonderful uh, place to visit when people start traveling again. If you want to come to visit Full HQ, you can make a side tour, dear listener, to Mount Vernon. So yes, I'm a huge George Washington fan too. Emily, thank you for that. But maybe uh, Sam Adams Sam Adams didn't come to mind that quickly for you. It did not, but something else comes to mind when you mention Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah, and that would be the public company that bears his name. Now, Sam Adams was an American statesman, a political philosopher, one of the founding fathers of the United States. He was a politician in colonial Massachusetts, a leader of the movement that became the American Revolution. He was one of the architects of the principles of American republicanism that shaped the political culture of the United States. By the way, he was a second cousin to his fellow founding father, President John Adams. Don't I read well from Wikipedia? All right. Well, in addition to those things, he also became the mascot, the brand for the Boston Beer Company. The ticker symbol, appropriately enough, is Sam, S-A-M. We first picked this stock for Motley Fool Stock Advisor, May 21st, 2010. And as we are wont to do, we're still holding. Ten and a half years later, it's gone from $58.62 to over $900 today. It is a 15-bagger. And by the way, this is the fifth appearance of this stock on our 14 market cap game shows. So this is kind of a go-to. I'm going to give a spoiler here. I'm going to let you know, Emily, that last episode, It was September of this year, right? The second to last week of the quarter. Just one game show ago, Maria Gallagher taking on our own Tim Byers. And Maria guessed $36.4 billion. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to say whether it was higher or lower, right or wrong. You might be able to guess. But that was then. And this is now. Emily Flippin, what is the market cap of the Boston Beer Company, ticker symbol S-A-M? This is a company that I love on a consumer level. I have tried to get Aaron Bush more interested in for our Blast Off franchise, ah. which makes me um, assume it is smaller than I think. I think I remember one of my aspects of my pitches being the opportunity for growth in part due to its small size. Um, now, I cannot 
for the life of me. Remember how small. I'm biting time here. I'm running out of, of filler That's words. That's part of what we do on this show. You kind of talk it out. You share it out. That's what you're supposed to do on game shows. And then you circle in and go for the kill. I think this company is around $17 billion. $17.2 billion. $17.2 billion. Emily Flippin's guess turning to all of our players at home. And more specifically right now, Maria Gallagher, higher or lower? Well, I will say that I wanted to redeem myself for being so bad, both immediately right with waste management and also last time being very bad at guessing Sam Adams. So I do, I did study that one this morning. Wow. I will say lower and I'm going to guess 11.8 or 9. Ring it up for Maria. Congratulations, Maria. You're now up four to two because the correct answer and good job doing your homework was $11.50 billion. So you were just about dead on. And it makes sense that you would be because when you said $36.4 billion just a quarter ago, it was 10.8 then. So it's gone up a little bit since then. But this stock has been consistently overguessed. And boy, has it been a spectacular performer. And now it's been over a guest again. <laughs> you also didn't ask me who my founding father spirit is, but I would say it's John Hancock. Awesome. Thank you. And I meant to. And and I would also say, while I did hop on Emily's wagon with George Washington, I'm a big Ben Franklin fan. I love I loved his autobiography and his whole spirit. Anybody who can both detect that electricity and lightning are the same thing, which nobody knew until Ben Franklin asserted that, or invents the University of Pennsylvania, or all the other things, gotta love him. What is it about John Hancock, other than the John Hancock signature that a lot of us associate with John Hancock? What is it for you, Maria? Well, really just that funny fact that he said he signed his name and he said it, he signed it so big so that uh, even King George could see it. I think that's hilarious. It is. And it's, it's very distinctive. And he's earned a brand for it um, a couple hundred years later. And before we move on to stock number seven, it's, it is remarkable to reflect that Sam Adams as a stock, ticker symbol SAM, sorry, the Boston Beer Company, was around $300 a share as the market kind of crashed in March of this year. It's now over $900 a share. So this is not this is not a COVID stock per se and this is this is certainly not a a Zoom digital beneficiary of the COVID-19 environment. Nope. This is a beer company. Now I will say I've probably I, I like to think I drink no more than the average fool. But I would say I've I have admittedly drunk slightly more than the average fool in 2020, or at least than I did in 2019. I suspect I'm not the only one, uh, and so I think that there's been more beer, more wine, more lots of stuff that make us a little bit happier when taken in moderation than maybe we were experiencing in 2019. Certainly, the Boston Beer Company has been a beneficiary. All right, so by my count, after six, I have it as Maria with four, Emily with two. Emily, pick up the pace. I know, I'm slacking over here. And I don't even know how all of our players are doing at home, but I know some of you are at six, and that's amazing. And some of you are at zero, and press on. All right, here we go. Pressing on to stock number seven. Turning to Maria. Maria, what is your most frequent use of the gig economy? Um, Probably Uber. Okay, and are Lyft you, technically? I use Lyft more, and that that's great. Now, are you are you using Lyft? Like, have you used Lyft in recent months? Um, I have not used it recently, but I, it's because I'm home, and so my mom can drive me places. 
Well, and that's that's awesome. And I know you're somewhere in and around New York City, having uh, moved up there earlier this year from our our haunt here in Alexandria. Hope to see you again sometime back down here in 2021 when we reopen our offices. Our CEO Tom Gardner said we will not be reopening before August, which sounds was made me a little sad. I love Tom's discipline though, and he's he's been a visionary here. He 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 had his closing in March. March 6th of this year. And he said, we'll be among the first to close, which we were, and among the last to reopen. And we can kind of afford it, as both of you know, because our business can really work pretty well digitally. So I hear you on Uber and Lyft. I was a frequent user of Uber myself in a previous era, i.e. around 12 months or so in the (laughs) eight years before that. But food delivery has to be something that a lot of the gig economy is making happen. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, every day these days. So this company is not Uber. This company is not Grubhub. That's not an active recommendation of ours. Nope. But this company whose ticker symbol is UPWK is one of the companies that participates in the gig economy. Upwork, which is a Motley Fool rule breakers pick from October 25th of 2018. So it's been active for about a couple of years now, is a platform that helps us pay in the past, has helped us pay our contractors. So wonderful people like Rick Munares, who, a frequent guest on the show, a longtime Rule Breakers analyst, a contractor at The Motley Fool. So Rick has been paid through the Upwork platform. It's also interesting to note that Rick is the one who brought Upwork to Motley Fool Rule Breakers two years ago. So Upwork. Now, there was an IPO this year, earlier this year, Fiverr, which is a competitor in the space and is larger than Upwork. Hint, hint, if that's a spoiler to help anybody with their market cap guesses. And Fiverr has been on an absolute roll. And Upwork, we were a little sad for Upwork. It wasn't doing much. In fact, it touched a low of $5 a share in March. Happy to tell you it's now over 37. So this stock is a seven bagger in just nine months which means I wish I was pounding the table for Upwork somewhere on April 1st, April Fool's Day. I'm not sure that I was. But um, Upwork has been a really remarkable performer when you consider it that way. And take it all in all, even though it had been such a laggard until this summer, it's now up 91% from Rick's original recommendation, the market up 41% over those two years. So it's become all of a sudden a market crusher. Turning back to Maria again, Maria Gallagher, your best guess at the market cap of Upwork Ticker symbol UPWK. Um, I was thinking you were going to go Uber, so I I don't even I don't know the market cap of Uber either, but <laughs> that was where I thought you were going. I, I like a little bit of a head fake sometimes on the wind up questions. There's you a did little- a good job. You, you definitely gave me a head fake. Um, I'm gonna say forty two point three billion. Emily Flippin, players at home, higher or lower? Lower, David. And indeed it is. Maria. Was it another swing and a miss? Maria, let's put it this way. You might want to put this stock on your watch list (laughs) because it is dramatically lower. And that's part of why this game is fun. If all of my ace analysts always nailed it every time, as I said earlier, I would probably stop playing. Like It's not an entertainment, but that gives us a little fun, Maria. The market cap, players at home, is $4.53 billion. And so Fiverr, which, by the way, has been its uh, upstart, more recent IPO, uh, and is now its big brother from a market cap standpoint, is around $7.5 billion, I think, in market cap. So Upwork at about $4.5 billion is the smaller player, but it's been around for, for a while, and obviously it is succeeding in part because of the gig economy and contractors and using a platform to manage those and, and, and to pay them. 
See, I'm only good at memorizing. I'm not great at wild guessing. I'm good at thinking, okay, what might he ask? And then just memorizing those numbers. <laughs> so Emily, is she sandbagging again? Cause she's still winning this game. <laughs> she is 100% sandbagging. Uh, but I will say that um, I don't think I would have gone that low on Upwork, but when you mentioned that its market cap was lower than Fiverr, I've actually been looking at Fiverr uh, for a service that I co-advise here at The Fool. It's an interesting company. I So I knew the market cap of Fiverr. It was an easy decision, only thanks to that comment you made, David. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm happy to help out a little bit here and there. And I know we have a lot of our listeners. We have such a smart, uh, large group of listeners that there are people who know Upwork better than any one of the three of us, probably people who work at Fiverr, maybe people who work in the executive office at Fiverr listening to us right now. That's part of the fun of doing the Market Gap Game Show. We put a lot of different companies out there. They, they're they all part of our culture in different ways, whether it's licorice.com or darn it, Upwork, or how about General Electric? That's a big part, even though I often forget about it, and I'm glad I never recommended the stock of our culture. So uh, so that's, that's, that's some of the fun of the Market Cap Game Show. Well, let's move on, and I'm glad to say that Close the Gap, it's now... Maria, four, Emily, three, and you at home with your number, which I hope is a big number. Let's go to stock number eight. So, Emily, you just mentioned that you are thinking about a stock for another service you're working on. I won't have you say officially which service you're thinking about to preserve any privacy that might be appropriate. But I will say, sadly, that you are no longer an active member of our Motley Fool Rule Breakers team, in part because you got called away by some new services that you're working on. So I celebrate that. But 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 I miss you on a Rule Breaker team. I miss you too, which is why I'm so pleased whenever you ask me to come on the Rule Breaker podcast, I still, in my heart, very much feel like a member of the Rule Breakers team and I have to remind myself that I am no longer. So it's nice to see your face, even if it's just virtually. Thank you, Emily. And you're always welcome back. It, it, um, I love our service and some of my analysts have been with us from outset, October 2004, and some come through for various tours of duty over the course of time. But it's such been such a motley group and a pleasure. Now, Emily... As I remember, for your years on the Rule Breakers team, occasionally there'd be a stock that you didn't think was a great stock, but it would be a Rule Breaker. That would occasionally happen. Very, very rarely, but it has happened, yes. Yeah, and 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 darn it, why why shouldn't you? I mean, I, w- I want that from my analysts. A big part of our Motley approach at The Motley Fool is encouraging people to be themselves and to have their own opinions. There is no party line. Just because I like a stock or Rick Minaros likes a stock doesn't mean that Emily on our same team needs to think it's a worthwhile stock at all. Now, I would hope that she would jump in front of our rule breaker bus. Ooh, that sounds violent. <laughs> if she thought we're crazy to recommend the stock, but we all have different opinions. And Emily, this company particularly sticks in my mind as a company, I won't say you were a hater, but it was a stock that, it's a company whose business, I think in the fashion industry, that you thought was a little preposterous and wouldn't go so well. Am I barking up the right tree here? What is the tree's ticker symbol? You are barking up the right tree. If I had to guess, I think the ticker would be SFIX. Indeed it is. And I'm glad we didn't rehearse this. So I'm glad that I we've connected on this point. Stitch Fix uh, has been a popular selection. My brother Tom had it for Motley Fool Stock Advisor. We had it in Rule Breakers. Tim Byers brought it in, in fact. And I'm happy to say it's been a market beater since we first brought it into Rule Breakers. That day was August 23rd of 2018. So a couple years with Stitch Fix, but it was such a laggard for most of that time. And in fact, history will show that just in the last couple of weeks, Emily and Maria, Stitch Fix has gone from $35 a share to $65 a share. And I'm talking about just the last couple 
of weeks. So all of a sudden, what looked like a bad stock pick that's been underperforming is now pound our chests here, fools, up 77% with the market up 34% over that time. We've more than doubled the S&P's return. We've practically doubled our money in Stitch Fix. Now, Emily, we got to get back at this. What has it been about Stitch Fix that you, I'm not going to say you're a hater, or maybe you've changed your mind, but what what were your misgivings about ticker symbol SFIX? I think the biggest misgiving I had, and I've talked about this before, was the idea that there's value in aggregating consumer data on clothing. Um, I think the best way I can describe my skepticism about the value of that data is that you can have two people, let's you know, say Maria and I um, are the you know, same age, same size, but you send us two uh, identical sweaters. One of us likes our clothes to fit tightly. One of it likes to fit lightly. And that data in general, which I think Stitch Fix like to say, um, aggregating can help their algorithm deliver better clothes. I, I was a little bit skeptical about their ability to really do that on a big scale. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing that uh, the scorecard on rule breakers for Stitch Fix is proof enough for why uh, we we don't sell. We're not overly trigger happy with selling. I think many investors may have uh, believed the thesis on Stitch Fix was dead and sold. And, and it took a, a year or so, but Stitch Fix has come back. I'll take this opportunity to quickly plug a podcast. Uh, yesterday on the 15th, Asad and I did an entire industry focus over Stitch Fix. So if you want more about my my misgivings, you can definitely listen to that podcast. I'm glad that you plugged that. And you know, The Motley Fool has five podcasts that we've been rocking here for years and years. And one of them is Motley Fool Industry Focus. And it's such a wonderful podcast with a different industry uh, each day of the week. And so if you're a fan, for example, of consumer goods, which is one of our five industries for Industry Focus, actually we have four and a wild card on Wednesdays, but you're going to hear Emily, who is our host of the Industry Focus podcast. Although, Emily, you confess that somebody else is actually the brains of this podcast? Asit is a frequent guest, and he uh, he puts up with a lot of my last-minute changes. He's the true brains behind it. So if you listen to the Stitch Fix, he has a beautiful uh, take right there at the very end. He asked me why I don't like it. I say, I don't buy a lot of clothes. <laughs> and he, he had a much better explanation for why. He's not necessarily a fan, but does believe in the long-term outlook. All right. Well, you're being very humble because, of course, you had so much value there. But you're right. It's, it's actually kind of hard to out-humble Asit Sharma, who is a, a, a wonderful contractor for the Motley will likely having been paid through the Upwork platform. But anyway, let's go back to Stitch Fix. I'm just about to ask you the market cap, but Emily, let me ask you, have your thoughts changed at all? And I hope they wouldn't change just because the stock has gone up $30 a share two weeks ago. Um, they have not changed because of the sudden stock rise. This is actually a conversation I've been having with Aaron, again, um, for the Blastoff portfolio. Aaron Stitch Bush. Fix, yep. Aaron Bush. And not to give my competitor here any ammunition, but Stitch Fix is a relatively small company when you think about the the market opportunity for them. And uh, Aaron's constantly asked me, you know, what's the question about how, how big of a market opportunity is Stitch Fix? Should we be giving it a second look? So uh, it's a company that um, I think has its place in the world. Uh, the question I ask myself is how many people can they can't really retain for more than, say, 12 months? Fair enough. And we're going to see. And just because the stock had a great few weeks doesn't mean it might not return to being a laggard in 2021. We hope not because it's an active recommendation for our Rule Breakers members and a lot of fools own it. But you never know. And especially in any short-term period, we would never even try to guess. But speaking, Emily, of guessing, players at home, Emily Flippin, what is the market cap for Stitch Fix, ticker symbol SFIX? I know Maria knows this one. It might have been on our previous list. So I'm going to try to make this as accurate as possible uh, with the hopes of, of the previous day's stock price movement maybe throwing Maria off here. May get unlucky. Um, 
I'm going to guess $6.95 billion. I will say that that is an awfully good guess. Maria, before I ask you higher or lower, have you ever used Stitch Fix? And what are your opinions about Stitch Fix? I realize a lot of people still may not know that. So maybe you could give a sentence or two about what the business is here. Yeah, I've actually used Stitch Fix. Um, I know some people around the Fool really like it. It is a clothing subscription box. So basically, you put in your measurements and you put in your taste and they send you a curated box every month and you don't have to buy them. You pay a styling fee. um, And then if you like what you get, you can buy it. Or sometimes now you can purchase, I believe, just from the website, you can just purchase items. Um, I found that all of the clothing I got did not fit me. Like Emily said, I would say I have similar misgivings, especially with female clothing and that, that women is such a large Um, market for them. So even if you know that I'm a size medium in this one brand, I could be a size XL in another brand or a size small in another brand. And so I think specifically data on women's measurements is not consistent across all of these different places, the way it usually is with men's like the 20 of 30, whatever is the same everywhere. Whereas like I could be a 26 or a 32 and it could be the same company, but like a different type of jean, a different cut. It really varies. And certainly part of what they're trying to do is take in all that data, presumably get smarter, unleash AI on it, and not make bad mistakes. Presumably they should be getting to know Maria Gallagher's tastes and Emily Flippin's taste and David Gardner's tastes since, well, actually, I don't really have much taste in clothing and I don't really buy my own clothes. Fortunately, my wife does. But Maria and players at home, Emily said 6.9 something higher or lower for Stitch Fix. Emily was right. It was on uh, what we were chatting about earlier this week. So I'm going to say slightly lower around 6.75. And it's 6.87, which is lower. And so give yourself a point, players at home, if you said lower. Maria racks up a point here. This was stock number eight. She's now up five to three. So it's still a game. But Emily, you're going to need to get back on that horse again. I am. You both were all over this company. Admittedly, this was such a dramatic mover in recent weeks that I I thought that I would want to present it. But also, I always love hearing, especially people who are not my gender and not my generation, and their take on any of my stocks, but maybe in particular, this one. So really interesting to hear from you both. Well, again, it is Maria 5, Emily 3. Let's go to our final two stocks. All right, we're running out of time. We'll speed it up here. Maria, let's go to stock number nine real fast. And uh, Maria, have you ever indulged any fantasies in or around Bitcoin? I have, for sure. And describe your life and Bitcoin up to this point. Um, I know everyone I knew in 2017 was buying it, and I felt really stressed that I was missing out. So I started reading um, blog posts about it and trying to understand Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper. And then I read a book about Bitcoin. I never bought it, but now I understand it more than I did in 2017. That's pretty awesome. And I, 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 I love people who are intellectually curious and find that in this case, it sounds as if it was almost imposed by peer pressure of everybody else talking about it, Maria, but good for you that you got educated about it because it does seem like an increasingly important thing to be thinking about and knowing about. And certainly the Motley Fool, um, we, we could just mention Bitcoin on this podcast three years ago and we get twice the number of downloads that particular week. That's subsided somewhat, but there's one particular company in the Rule Breakers service that has been a big beneficiary recently because the CEO has been converting portions of their cash on their balance sheet into Bitcoin. This company is MicroStrategy. 
what? <laughs> I thought you were going square. <laughs> I thought you were nope. going square too. <laughs> yep, that's right. CEO Michael Saylor. I mean, this is a company that makes business intelligence software, but it also has a maverick CEO who at various points has done some maverick things over his 20 plus years of running MicroStrategy, which is, by the way, a greater DC area company. Again, the ticker symbol MSTR. But you'll see, if you take a look, this is an underfollowed stock, certainly. If you take a look at what's been happening with the stock, you'll see it rocketing in recent months. And it's not because they were selling a whole bunch more business intelligence software. I mean, yes, they probably were a little bit, but nope, I believe it was this move into Bitcoin. Kind of daring. So, Maria, I'm pretty sure that book you were reading in 2017, if you look at the index of that book about Bitcoin, it probably doesn't mention MicroStrategy, but that's the company I'm asking about right now. Maria, what is the market cap of MicroStrategy, ticker symbol MSTR? Um, I keep swinging and missing way too much to the upside. So, I'm going to, I've never heard of this company. So, I'm going to assume it's very, very small. So, I'm going to say like 1.2. One billion. Emily Flippin, players at home, higher or lower? I I will I will be wholly astounded if there is a company worth a billion dollars out there who is letting their CEO move their cash to Bitcoin um, based solely off the fact that I think they would be getting way more pushback from shareholders if this were the case. I'm gonna have to say lower. It's higher. It's oh. two point eight one billion. The door was open for you there, Emily, but this time, this show, you didn't mm-hmm. want to walk through. You did think about it. You tried, but talk about trying, Sailor, trying really hard, and it seems to be working. This stock started November of this year, yep, just about seven weeks ago at 170. It's at 300 today as we're talking, largely, I believe, based on the announcements about the various purchase of Bitcoin with cash from the balance sheet. Again, there's going to be more to the story than that, but this is the Market Cap Game Show, not a deep dive stock analysis. So let's keep moving to our final stock. So on to stock number 10 to close out this Market Cap Game Show. Hope you're doing well at home. This is your last shot to plus one yourself. Emily, you've brought a fair number of good stocks to Motley Fool Rule Breakers. And through Blastoff, our Blastoff services, which is sort of an upgrade for a lot of Rule Breaker members and has been a spectacular annual portfolio that we've put out each year. And I think that's going to be happening again in the coming weeks once again. Blastoff, I think you were mentioning that. But in your life, and it's still such a young life. I mean, you have so many years ahead, but you've already found so many interesting companies. Can you think back to what maybe has been your very best performer that you brought to Motley Fool Rule Breakers? Um, I had a very small selection of companies that came to Motley Fool Rule Breakers. Um, I can, I know officially, I think my best performer is the Chinese streaming company, Beely Beely, um, which I'm not sure if this is where that's going, but I, that's the one that comes to mind. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly where we're headed. Now, most of us have not heard of Beely Beely. The ticker symbol, by the way, is B-I-L-I. And if you were to double that, well, you've just got the corporate name. Emily, for a world that was just learning about Stitch Fix a few minutes ago, can you further enlighten us? What is Bili Bili? 
Oh, I love this. And if I miss this, I don't, I'm not even upset because I, I get the opportunity to talk about Bilibili, which is a pleasure. It's a Chinese streaming site, uh, often referred to as Twitch or YouTube, but it really got its start in what's known as ACG, anime, comic, and gaming content. They have a really sticky community for which you have to pass an entrance exam to be a part of. Uh, and they've done an amazing job of, of monetizing and keeping those users. Their engagement and retention is through the roof. Uh, I definitely encourage you to go to their website, poke around on it. It's a fun time. And I'm really happy to say that Emily brought that to Rule Breakers December 20th. Yep, just about this week, just two years ago. I was like, what is Beely Beely? And since I'm the one who makes the final calls, I had to have it explained to me. I still haven't actually had the pleasure of using this site or the experience myself here in the US of A, but boy, are we happy about this stock, Emily, because it was at $14.63 two years ago this week. It's right around $78 as we record for this show. Yep, a five-bagger in two years. It only makes sense to end this way. It was randomly done, though. Emily Flippin, what is the market cap today of Beely Beely? Ticker symbol B-I-L-I. I'm not super confident. I should have seen this coming because it's my recommendation. I know it's bigger than its competitors, Huya and I-Chi-E. I'm going to guess it is $27 billion. Maria, players at home, higher or lower? I think it's really close because I did think you might ask about Billy Billy. Um, I think it's 26. So like a very small amount lower. It's higher. It is 27.3 billion. And so you both, what a way to end. You both pretty much nailed this one. Um, But Emily Flippin, you get the point. That end on a high note. I'm I'm still coming out the loser here, uh, but the fact that I get to end with a correct guess on Billy Billy has just made my day, and it made mine as well, and a lot of Rule Breaker members too. And I want to thank both of you for the work that you're doing on behalf of our membership. Maria, today you're working on Stock Advisor and Rule Breakers as part of my team. Emily, you're working on Trend Spotters and our Marijuana Masters service. Is there another service you're working on, or are those your two? And the Blast Off services. And of course, the Blastoff services, which if I were a better promoter, I'd be mentioning keep your eye out for Blastoff 2021, which will be coming out from The Motley Fool in the coming weeks and is always an exciting release. I want to thank my players and I want to close by thanking you, our players at home. I hope you had a lot of fun, as much fun. If you had half as much fun as we did, you had a great time with Emily and Maria. The final score again, Maria six, Emily four, you question mark. We hope you got above five. That's always a good score. We call that par for the Market Cap Game Show. And to close, coming up next week, it's our final episode of 2020, and it's a mailbag. Yep, our year-end mailbag on Rule Breaker Investing. In the meantime, thank you once again to my producer, Rick Engdahl, for all the great work he does, especially the sound effects for Market Cap Game Show episodes. And to you all, fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.